Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. How often have you seen R2-D2 seem frustrated because everyone keeps getting in the way of his plans? Well, on these episodes, R2-D2 gets to go on an adventure with his droid buddies and not a single living person gets in his way. We're going to talk about Season 5 of The Clone Wars, Episodes 10, 11, 12, and 13. Right after this commercial break, we have no control over Welcome back. I'm Matthew. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, for the Clone Wars episodes by Sarah and Riki. How are you folks doing tonight? Hello. We're doing okay. I am unenthused. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that these were not your favorite episodes? I said that last time, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I actually think these might be my least favorite episodes in the entire series, unfortunately. That's a strong statement. That's a strong statement. And I... I'm not sure if I would agree necessarily, but they're certainly in my, like, if I was to make a bottom 10, three out of four of these at least would definitely be in that bottom 10. Um, And they might be, in terms of plot arcs, the worst plot arc of the whole thing. I'll say right now, for those of you who have not seen these episodes, if you want to just listen along to us and then feel like you can skip them, go right ahead, because there's nothing really integral to the plot of any part of Star Wars that happens here. There's one, I think, very interesting interaction that we'll get to about the clones. Um, And for those of you who have seen them, well, hopefully either you can laugh along with us, or if you did love these episodes, please write in and tell us, because I think our review tonight might be a little bit (laughs) one-sided. So let me give a quick summary. Uh, We basically have, it's one of these sort of things that kind of remind me of like the Saturday morning serials that my father used to tell me about, where like sometimes we get a full plot arc. Other times we get sort of, our one episode is a complete story, but at the end of that story, they get to a certain place, and then the next episode picks up with, well, what happens once they're in that place? And then the next episode does the same. So it, it, the plot arc of it is that R2-D2 and a team of Republic droids have been chosen for this important mission, uh, and it's going to be led by the diminutive colonel, Mieber Gascon, who is a Zilker, uh, which is a... I wrote a frog person. Uh, Sarah, I think you wrote a slug person. We're not quite somewhere in the middle. He jumps really, really high and he's really short. So, and I said before, without a single living person to get in their way, we do have a living person. He's just really annoying. Um, (laughs) And under the control of this colonel, who starts out being very dismissive of them and insulting them, they go on a series of adventures. And they break onto a ship to uh, basically steal an encryption module from the separatists. Then their ship crashes, and they have all sorts of adventures trying to get off the ship. And then that they are uh, realize that the, sh- the planet is Separatist-controlled. And here's where... This is the episode that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, on this Separatist-controlled planet, they meet a person with amnesia who does not realize that he's a clone who has basically set up a life for himself uh, in basically slavery. And they convince him to go back to being a clone. They convince him to leave his life... Uh, behind and to rejoin the fight uh, and he helps them fight and promptly dies in order to save all of them and then they get back onto a ship they realize that the ship has been captured by the separatists and is about to do a crash run into a republic cruiser that or no to do a republic base where a special mission is supposed to happen and they are able to through cunning and you know droidness uh, stop that and save the day at which point the colonel acknowledges that they were a great bunch of people and he will happily serve with them again. 
Yeah, and then they say, well, we're, we're about to serve right now, and you get to come along. And he seems less than enthused by his previous statement. Yeah. Did I miss any relevant plot details? I think there would need to be relevant plot details in order <laughs> for you to miss them. Very true, very true. So let, let's kind of talk about these characters one at a time. Um, Mieber Gascon. Worst character we've had? Bottom five? <laughs> I don't know if he's the worst. He's, he's an, he, he, okay. He reminds me a lot of, um, 1-800-CALL-THE-GENERAL now. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. but that's good. He does seem um, like he would try to sell me car insurance. Yeah. He and Shaq get together. Uh, no, the, the, I'm blanking on his name. Um, we had another arc that was a few episodes. Uh, there's a, a he ended up turning, Oh, the, the Jedi who turns to the Sith, who is, um... Yeah. He has a name. <laughs> I cannot remember it right what? now. I'm sorry. I don't even know what? Yeah, he was, like, on the planet, and he, like, plotted... He, like, pitted the two <clears throat> clone factions against each other, because he didn't think that the clones were people, and was angry. And then oh, had, like, guy. multiple lightsabers. Yeah, that guy. Pong was Krell. also... Pong, Pong Krell. Krell, Krell, yeah. Who also looked like a frog, but he yes. was much more of like a big, hefty frog, not a tiny little hopper. Yes, he was a very large frog, not a small frog. Um, I, but he I reminded... Felt... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he reminded me of Gascon in kind of, not not just in the amphibian quality, but in the whole, like, total disregard for his, um, his troops. Uh, like, Gascon is super dismissive of the droids, uh, and is basically just there, like, this is how I'm gonna get my promotion, by rocking this mission, don't get in my way, you lot, I hate you, here are terrible nicknames for you, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like, um, Krell was like that too, although he, I don't know, like, refused to call the clones by their nicknames, I guess, and, like, would only refer to them as their numbers, only showed, like, begrudging respect to them once they actually, like, proved that they had some sort of military prowess, but even then, like, immediately recanted it and went back to treating them as less than. Mm Mm-hmm. I I don't see them as similar at all. I mean, Krell was deeply sadistic in the way he used his clone troops, and it was... He just didn't care for their lives, right? Their existence. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas Gascon, I mean, maybe doesn't care because they're droids, but he he seems to resent that this is basically like the only assignment he can get right. is a mission with droids. Like they don't they don't trust him enough to, to give him a real mission. Yeah. Um and I guess I would say that Krell is like a better version of Gascon, not mm-hmm. not in a like morally standpoint, but in a like character development standpoint. Like, yeah, Gascon is just like he's he's literally got small man syndrome, which is like a little on the nose, I guess, because he's small. Well, yeah, the the reason he gets assigned <laughs> this mission is because he can fit inside one of the droids. Yeah, which is also like, why do they need? someone to fit inside one of the droids why don't they why aren't they just sending the droids out yeah by it, themselves it, there was a whole bunch of things that seemed just for the plot that made no sense and i i kind of see the connection you're making with him with krell uh i think i think there definitely are some similarities but but for the most part i think it's kind of as you said krell is a interesting villain this yeah. guy is just kind of bad comic relief um yeah. and, and i feel like they 
it's sort of, you got you you're all big Avatar fans, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like we watched and liked it. I wouldn't say that we're like super fans or anything. Okay. But... To me, it rem- this this arc reminds me a lot of the episode of Appa's Bad. I think it's called Appa's Bad Day. It's all about like the character of Appa, the the flying bison. Yes, I have an Appa plush sitting behind me right now. There you go. There you go. In that one, I feel like they commit to the idea that there's going to be very little spoken dialogue because this is all from Appa's perspective. Mm. And same with something that there's like a, a mini episode about Momo. I feel like they kind of wanted to commit to that idea. and But then they put in, you know, they were like, no, we have to have speaking characters. And so they put in two characters. They put in this one, who is kind of there to be kind of like, I guess, comic relief, but also the one who learns a valuable lesson by the end of it all. And then also there's one droid who talks uh, in English, um, the one he keeps calling Cyclops, who is whack. Uh, He keeps reminding people he is a whack, not a mech. And then most of the episodes then are just these two talking to each other. And because they're both annoying characters, it just doesn't... And I kind of just wish they'd committed more to, this is going to be about droids. Droids don't talk in English. That's going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. And, like, we've had episodes where, like... The, the a few episodes where it's R2 and 3PO um, and in that you, you only have one sided dialogue and like that's fine I feel like R2 is expressive enough with his like <laughs> mechanical beeps and whistles that yeah. you can fill in your own dialogue and it's fine mm-hmm. but and, yeah and you get classic 3PO yes I agree like I'm gonna repeat what you just said back to you yeah well we had yeah. a lot of that here too and in very sort of unnatural, yeah, like whack, just basically saying what the droids just said so that we know instead of just responding in a way to make that clear. Right. But yeah, Gascon and Whack just oh, gosh. spend a lot of time insulting each other. Yeah. <laughs> and like getting their names or their ranks wrong, either by accident or possibly on purpose at certain points. And it's just like very, I don't know, elementary school level well there's like one point where whack is like chastising gascon and is like don't give us these nicknames shorty and it's like you you almost had a point and then you just undermined it yeah it it yeah that just didn't work i i and it's sad because i feel like in a different setting whack could have been a very fun character even if i hate saying his name every time um because you know, he has this very interesting situation where he, he also feels slighted. He also feels like people overlook him all the time. And he and he's got tons of ego. And he also has this very um, kind of off-the-cuff, devil-may-care, I'm-just-out-for-myself kind of attitude. Mm. I, I thought the funniest line in the whole thing was there's one moment where, you know, earlier Gascon is very, you know, only out for himself, you know, save me at all costs. He's very happy for other people to sacrifice himself. But there's one moment, one of the big final battles, where it looks like he's going to be, you know, captured. And he says, don't save me, save yourselves. And, uh, you know, uh, Whack responds, okay. And yeah. he starts running off. And I was like, that's that's not the hero move, but that's actually the much more human move. And I love seeing someone do that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's also, in, in an earlier episode, so in the episode you alluded to, the, the void where they're stuck on the, the planet of nothingness except this one separate space that they eventually run into um, there's like a moment where um, Gascon is going insane because they're on a planet that's it's perpetually daylight there's no sun 
the sky is yellow, the ground is white, that's all you can see. Um, So it sort of drives him insane, which understandable. And the droids aren't being driven insane because they're droids. Um, And he climbs up to the top of the ship and is like laughing crazily. And then Wack is just like, oh, he should just jump. Which is like, geez, dude, like, that's a bit much. This is a children's show. Um, Yeah, it was just like, it felt like, it felt like a weird joke to make, Mm -hmm. right? Like, not necessarily, like, it felt in character for Wack, but also like a strange joke for the Clone Wars to just be like, no, he should just kill himself. I mean, we've all made jokes like that when we were 15. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think by now we're pretty solid. Here, I would say that on the one hand, by now, I think, Riki, you made this point, we're pretty done with the idea that The Clone Wars is a kid's show. But these are also probably the most kid-focused episodes we've had in two or three seasons. So it just felt, I think you're right, Sarah, it makes those lines feel even more, like, totally out of place. Yeah, Yeah. including there was, like, very filler action uh, in the second one before they crash land on the Void planet. They're in hyperspace, and then they come across a a comet storm, mm-hmm. an asteroid storm, and there's some some fancy piloting, and the, the astromech droids go outside to fix something on the ship, and one of them almost flies away, and they have to like use their cables to connect and save each other, and all of that was... Like, that seemed like the kids' show part. Like, oh, this is exciting. Like, kids are going to enjoy watching the droids do this. Mm-hmm. The droids are fun colors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, like, the Void Planet might be my favorite episode just because I really like the color scheme of the planet. Yeah. It's really nice to look at. Especially, like, the, the the colors that they chose for the droids really, like, popped against the yellow and white. It's mm-hmm. good. So I, I did some reading on, on the Void and yeah. found some weird stuff. First, this is... George Lucas's favorite episode or like story arc of course in, Clo- in the Clone Wars TV series. Gosh. And the reason appears to be because this this void is a deliberate reference to his movie THX uh, 1138 where there is some kind of strange uh, white room. They call it the white room which is like a sensory deprivation room where people are tortured via oh, wow. this lack of, of sense. So, yeah, there you go. If, if you want to appease George Lucas, just reference something he's done. The Void. Well, it was interesting because I thought The Void was a fascinating concept. And the idea that like you could go in any direction and nothing would happen and that it always looks the same. I mean, this is a very kind of Star Trek moment. And then we find out that if you just go far enough, you'll find a flock of birds and a city. Um, I don't know. It felt like it kind of cheapened the whole idea and, and kind of took away from what they'd been establishing. I, I was really disappointed to see it go in that direction. Yeah. And I think like they, they were making sort of an interesting point with like with, with Gascon needing food and water and also like having his mental state disrupted, whereas the droids weren't because like... I mean, they may, they were referencing needing to, like, recharge, but they're clearly not going to, like, lose their minds because that's just not how they work. Um, and then they, they were talking about, like, instincts versus programming. Um, and, like, isn't Gascon's military training just, like, a version of programming? Um, 
Which I and, disagree with, but it was an interesting oh, 100%. concept. <laughs> but it was like an interesting point. And then they find these birds and they're like, and I think Gascon says like to whack, you have your programming, I have my training, but the birds have their natural instinct, which is somehow better. And then like, what? So the the birds are the best thing here? And also like, I, I don't know. I don't think that's even accurate though. I don't. I, I believe it was experience. Like, the birds live here, yeah. so they know where the exit is or the oasis is. Yeah, but he, right. like, he blames their, like, natural... Yeah. Not blames, but, like, accredits their... Or, or their... at least we don't know whether it's instinct or not. Yes. It yeah. could be. Like, they may have a sense, a, a different right. sense that can tell them where water is. Sure. Or something. But, yeah, like, it's... The idea of the void is very interesting. I mean, there are a lot of classic sci-fi and like kind of like sci-fi horror tropes mm-hmm. that play off of that idea. You know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I, I believe, uses that a lot where they kind of condense the set because it's it's in their dreams. Like, so you can walk out through one door into like a completely different room or building. Right. And the void plays off of that of, like, you don't actually know where you are. Like, it doesn't matter. You can walk in one direction straight and still end up back in the same place type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, messing with your mind. And there's there's a lot there that you can do. And, again, like, I, I looked into the writer of these. Because <laughs> all four were written by the same person, Brent Friedman. I was like, who is this person? Like, should I, should I hate them because I don't <laughs> like these episodes? And... They seem to have they seem to have a pedigree in that kind of like sci-fi horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, they were on um, I don't I don't I don't know if it was writer or producer, but Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is one of the not great sequels to a not great movie, to start off with. For and you, all... it was a not great movie. For me, it was Tuesday. That's that's <laughs> that's Street, that's Street Fighter. Fighter. Damn it! Cut that! Cut that from the episode. Uh, Mortal Kombat is the one where one of the characters says, "Now, you are going to die," what? like in a very overly dramatic way. Is Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat? I'm going on. A it's tangent. based on a video. It's also based on, on a video, video game. game. Yeah, but yeah. is Mortal Kombat the one where they like hired one actor to be? Oh gosh, no! I'm thinking of Street Fighter. Still, never mind. Continue. Okay. Um, there is yeah, a new uh, Mortal Kombat movie out, so perhaps I'll recruit one or both of you to help record on that. But yeah, getting back to this, um, I, I <laughs> Wait, believe you don't um, want to just talk about Mortal Kombat instead. For like well, no, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, I think like that's where this idea of the void mm. is coming from. Like, and also, mm. I guess George Lucas's movie, right? Well, yeah, and I think it is like an interesting comet or an interesting concept, and they do like toy at this idea of like droid versus sentient life form and even when like in the next episode when we meet gregor there's this idea of like programming and instinct and like because the clones you know they they talk about how like gregor was designed or like born for being a being a clone trooper um and like the droids were made to be astromechs right this idea of of doing something that you're designed to be doing does it matter if you're a sentient life form versus a machine? But they never, like, quite go deep enough with any one of these, like, interesting little little threads of ideas to actually yeah. get anywhere. Yeah, so let's talk about what was, I, was my favorite kind of idea here. That I, I do think they played out in an interesting way, even one that I thought was 
kind of very troubling. What did you think of Gregor and the, the clone story that plays out? I mean, I agree the, that it the was the best most interesting. Of the four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think his. So he's working at a diner that refuses service to both Gregor and the droids, which right. I think we, we I don't we discussed a little earlier is strange that they refuse it to. God, uh, not Gregor to Gascon, who's would physically be able to eat at the restaurant. Um, right. the talking about like we don't serve slug kind or something like that. Yeah, which was weird. I, um, mean, I, I think he should have kicked him out as soon as he barged in and said, "I'm, I'm with the Republic. Like I'm a colonel <laughs> in the Republic Army." Yeah, because there are battle droids on this planet. He'd be like, "Uh, yeah, get the get the heck out of here, intruder, Republic." Roger, Roger. So, quick question on that note: Gascon is just constantly you know, preening and posing and saying, mm-hmm. look how great I am. Everyone should honor me. Even though it turns out he can't really back up all his claims. Gascon sounds an awful lot like Gaston. I know. Coincidence? <laughs> I, I thought that too. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so the, the, the diner discriminates against them both. And then they, they realize that Gregor is a clone. And they realize also that he's in a kind of slavery. That the, guy, the, the diner owner basically like rescued him but now makes him work and like he, you know, he gives him food and shelter in response to working, but doesn't pay him anything and doesn't really give him any opportunity to do anything else. Yeah, he's like indentured servant. And the diner owner knows that he's a clone because right. like Gregor, as soon as the like um, Whack and Gascon are like, hey, you're a clone. He goes and asks the diner owner about it. And he's like, don't don't talk about that. Don't say that word. You're just my waiter don't worry about it yeah and he has his armor and blaster yeah so he's like clearly aware like he's not just like he found this guy in the desert and is like Mm -hmm. oh hey you can work for food and shelter he knows he's a clone and he's purposely keeping him there um but yeah yeah, he also like remembers being a clone very quickly which is a little odd but i mean for plot i guess they're just like moving it along but yeah i think it it in this middle of this arc with a sentient being who's being relegated to doing Mm -hmm. this mission simply because he can physically fit inside of one of the droids um not because of any talent that he has even though like they, they really downplay his like military strategist they keep calling him a map reader. Yeah, which, like, military strategists are probably pretty important. Yeah, tacticians, like, are neat. You know, we shouldn't just blindly charge into battle, Anakin. Maybe some ideas <laughs> and strategy can be useful. Right. I, I think I think here's my thing with the Gregor story. Yeah. I always love a chance to explore what happens when a clone stops being a soldier. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love about those stories, though, is that generally they ask, like, does a clone have to be a soldier? And they often pose some really interesting ideas like they don't have to be. And so I feel like this episode is kind of a step backwards in that regard because they like it's very clear that Gaston thinks like you are a soldier. That's all you're supposed to be. All this stuff about being a dishwasher is a lie. Of course, if you remember, then all you're going to want to do is be a soldier. And like at one point he says like, you know, you're living the life of a slave when you should be a soldier. Soldiers are bred to be nothing but soldiers. They're just, they're not allowed to do anything else. They're 
basically slaves, right? Yep, yep. And and then it, to end with it as all all Gregor gets to do is get into this battle, realize that they're not going to be able to escape, and so he basically volunteers to die in order to save everyone else. And Gascon says, you know, he was born for this. Or no, he says, I was born for this. Yeah. And to me, that's so sad. Like, you were born to do nothing but die to save other people. Like, that's slave. That that's a mental slavery. Like, like, I think we're supposed to cheer. Like, look at Gregor, the great clone soldier. But it just makes me like Gregor to me is one of the best examples of how brainwashed and enslaved the clones are. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think like he's right, right? Like, I was born for this. I was born to sacrifice myself t- to save other people. Like, he's exactly right. But it shouldn't be that heroic cheering moment of like, ah, oh, he's finally found his destiny. It should be like, hey, maybe this is pretty screwed up that we're making clones expressly for this purpose. Yeah. Right? And like the sort of under undercurrent of the Clone Wars has always kind of been like how how human are the clones? And like you said, we, we've encountered other clones who have chosen to step away from being soldiers. Um and when we initially encounter Gregor, it seems like, oh, we found another clone who's decided to stop being a soldier and is now just working at this restaurant. But it's like, oh, no, he's not. He forgot. And as soon as he remembered, he wants to be a soldier again. Right. And it's just well, a he's little... he's so good at it. Eh, yeah. I, I just wish we'd had... First of all, I wish that it hadn't been made so clear that the situation <laughs> he was in was so terrible. You know, yeah. that maybe he'd been, like, kind of happy or maybe he'd, like, met someone or made some friends. And then that we get to see him have a moment of, okay, well, now I know that I could go back to be a clone. Do I want to? And to have him really yeah. affirmatively make that choice instead of this sense of, oh, I'm a clone, so I'm supposed to go fight. I don't have any choice in that. It's my only natural path. Yeah. Like, nobody in... in- any of this sort of episode of arc, nobody really like rose above their station. Yeah. Like we had a few lessons being learned, but no one was like, I feel like we got a, a quite a bit of setup for, for there to be a, a, an arc where like the droids rose above their programming and exhibited these like more than human characteristics. Right. Right. Or like Gascon rose above his military tactician standpoint. And, but it was like, it was basically just like, yep, you should do the thing. That you are supposed to be doing. That is what you are good for. You should serve the Republic. Because if you want to talk about another slavery, sentient beings that are just supposed to only follow orders because they're machines, mm-hmm. it's another kind of slavery. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, when, yeah, when you said like he was turned into a slave, it's like, ah, and I will choose instead to go back to this military complex where i'm not allowed to leave and i'm forced to yeah yeah it's very weird Mm -hmm. just like as a i don't think they made the point that they thought they were making yeah i think it's a good way to put it i don't think there's that much for us to discuss but sarah i believe you had a certain comment about one of the droids and the color that they're painted yeah so we got an interesting look at like girl droids which is neat and cool except her name is cutie katie and she's bright pink and like i like pink pink is probably my favorite color that's great there's nothing wrong with girls liking pink 
or like that being your gender expression, it's just so, so on the nose that like this is one of the few or like, I don't know if we've seen any other like female, quote unquote, astromechs right. before. Well, it also goes against the standard naming convention of droids and specifically astromech number, droids there's no there's no numbers yeah right exactly like it was it's 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 done for the pun although like bz doesn't doesn't have or he's like bz five something right yeah he has numbers um yeah but anyway yeah it, it's just like well i don't know i think like a droid should be able to have whatever gender identity a droid wants to have but it's just like kind of frustrating Mm -hmm. that the one girl droid is like cute pink her name's cutie katie no i i I hadn't thought about it but i was so glad you pointed out because i think you're so right i mean if nothing else like why are astromech droids gendered to begin with yeah (laughs) there is nothing masculine necessarily about r2d i mean well he has a very hold my beer frat boy attitude to things which i think you could say (laughs) is kind of gendered but like he doesn't have any gender characteristics. He doesn't even have a voice that falls into one, like, gender register. Not that such a thing really exists, but of one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think you're kind of getting to a very good point, which is something that Star Wars does with droids, and frankly, it happens all the time, which is the, like, the standard default of something that's been anthropomorphized is male, but then to make it female, they have to give very over-exaggerated female characteristics. Like there was a a um, Pixar movie, a pic- little Pixar um, short at the start of one thing. That was about two volcanoes. And one <sighs> volcano just looks like a volcano. But then they wanted there to be a girl volcano. And so it had like kind of gendered features as much as a volcano can. Um, because, you know, the default volcano was male. Um, so actually... Can I um actually you hear yeah, about please. those volcanoes for a second? It's lava. Okay. Is the short, um, and they're they're actually based on um, two Hawaiian folk singers. Mm-hmm. I forget their names at the moment, but the male volcano and female vo- volcano are designed to look like these two people. Mm. Um, like I, I I get the point that you're going for. Um, but these are like they're based on real actual people, which is why one looks masculine and one looks feminine i guess and like if uh gosh i'm gonna i i guess i'm annoying typing noises i'm sorry um also that song is fantastic that song is fantastic um yeah oh gosh okay kuna okay i don't i kuna taurus that's not who it's based on though gosh okay sorry uh, anyway, it's based on two real people, but I get what you're going for that, like the whole default, yeah, the the default gender is male, mm-hmm. and then like to be female, you need to like have really over the top female uh, expressions, I guess. Right. Which I think I don't know when we when we were watching this as like gendering droids. What's next? Are we gonna gender potato heads? <laughs> That's a good point. Because I, yeah, I mean, topical. Even like we're, we're saying like that this is the only girl droid. We have no evidence that all the other droids are male, except the fact I mean, that I think he is the language that's used for almost all of them. Um, yeah, but, which is like weird too because like shouldn't droids be 
it, I guess. Like, what's what's making them male other than, like, perhaps they've asked to be referred to by male pronouns, and that's chill. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, it is weird that, like... You know, I think if droid, like, if it was being written today, I don't know why all droids aren't non-binary. Like, why do yeah. droids have to fit into a binary one way or the other? They don't have a yeah. voice. They don't have parts. They're just boxes on wheels. Oh. Not to say that, like, non-binary people are just, like boxes on wheel either right but i mean like it can it i think it's interesting that we want to that it's so oh gosh sorry i think it's interesting that we want to like use the pronouns with these droids but yeah that that male is the assumed right default like so i i went to an all women's um university for my undergrad um and just like reading the sort of materials that they like any anything the the default pronoun is always she right and just seeing that is like so it, it felt like really revolutionary like oh, yeah. just talk it was like some document just talking about like the requirements for graduating with the math degree which is what i i did uh and it was like the student will present her thesis at the blah 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 but and it wasn't like his stroke her it was like her thesis and i was just like hey, that's me. That's neat. Um, and it, it's just really striking to how that's not usually oh, the yeah. case. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was a weird, weird thing. Yeah, I, um, I'm a huge fan of the role-playing game Vampire the Masquerade and all the ones that were published by the White Wolf Company. And they were published in the 90s and they have had a lot of, pro- there was a lot of racism in some of those books, a lot of misogyny mm. to be absolutely sure. And there's continuing controversies as they keep trying to publish new versions and have a lot of racism problems. But one of the things I remember most striking about those books when I read them in like 1992, 1993, was they used the, the female pronoun she, her as the default. Um, okay. And it was just so like for a gaming book, especially. Um, and, mm. you know, Vampire was one of the first role playing games that really started to get more of a gender balance. You know, and I think that was one of the things that, that drew a lot of people to that game. Um, we're now way off in tangent land, but yeah, I, I'm just really <laughs> glad you pointed that out because I think I, I hadn't even connected that, but it's so true. And it just got me thinking all this stuff about like, why do we gender astro? Why do we gender any droids? But why do we gender um, astromech droids, especially? Um, yeah. And like, there have been some droids uh, that have are like more human humanoid that have been like female droids, yeah. I guess, and like referred to with female pronouns um but yeah just like astromex it, it was yeah i don't know yeah it's weird i wish we could have had other female astro like other female pronoun astromex before we got cutie katie i guess yeah that would have been nice <laughs> that would have yeah. been nice um and yeah and also just to reiterate what you said like it's not by any means that we're saying that like you know uh non-binary means non-gendered or or you know, box on wheels. I'm, I'm someone who is non-binary and I'm very much on the masculine side of things. And I think that can be, you know, you can have any pre- gender presentation and be non-binary. Um, but it's, I more meant that like, there is no reason why an astromech droid would exist anywhere, anywhere on a gender mm-hmm. binary, you know, because yeah. it's silly. Anyway. It feels very like, like the Smurfs are all men except Smurfette. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we've got the astromechs are all dudes except, Cutie Katie. The like, dude. What? Yeah. Do <laughs> Um, well, we've got so we managed to get some deep theory out of these episodes, even if it's mostly <laughs> to be critical of them. 
Um, are there any other last points that we didn't get into or little things someone wanted to mention? So at the end of this episode, or the end of this arc, I, we didn't even talk about the whole Republic cruiser that's been commandeered. Mm. Right. And they have to try to stop this thing from crashing into a base where a conference is taking place. A military strategic planning conference. Yeah. Mm. The guest colonel's not invited to. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, and Anakin and Obi-Wan are there, and like immediately, like as soon as they're on screen... Obi-Wan delivers some great Obi-Snark. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tarkin is also there at this conference. Oh, that's true. Which was great. And, and there were some uh, there's some tie-ins there because the voice actor who's been playing Gascon is also the one who plays Tarkin. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, among among other things, as I was looking up right. his credits. Yeah, he plays uh, a role in Rebels that we don't want to give away. But he, he's in that. He played... Uh, you, I think you found this, that he was the voice of Radis, who's the... Um, uh, Mon the Cal- Mon Calamari Ad- Admiral, Admiral in Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. So. Our favorite Moralo Evol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like his voice acting. Tell, tell him Moralo Evol sent you. I thought yeah. he was fun. I just didn't like the character at all. Yeah, no, so he's, he's, he's a pretty talented voice actor and just got told to play this, like, drill sergeant role and, and did it well, like, to his credit. Did you also... Uh, but f- I, oh, go ahead. Well, I also wanted to point out that the planet where the star system where this conference is taking place, they name it, it's Carita. And that actually, that planet shows up in Legends lore nice. in the Jedi Academy series where young Kip Durin, who turns to the dark side, actually blows up Carita with, I, I believe the super weapon in that series is called the Sun Crusher. Spoilers, oh Ricky, God. spoilers. <laughs> It's it's a I'm book that's thirty years. Yeah, old. no, I'm 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 kidding. There's no spoiler warning necessary there. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but jokes aside, I think that is definitely very interesting. I'm glad I'm glad it, it's fun to sort of see those old things that that still made it into the canon, even if most of the legend stuff is no longer canon. Yeah. Um. And I think like, ooh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that the the episode too, like we see this is where we see BZ sacrifice himself, who's one of right. the droids. Um, and then we also see like R two also goes on. A mission where his safety is in question, except we know he's going to be fine because he's in a more, bunch more movies after this. Right. Um, but he does get quite damaged, and we do see Anakin again, like oh pulling out all the stops mm-hmm. to save his little droid pal. Yes. Um, which again is just like highlighting Anakin's attachments that he shouldn't have, even to like his droid. Yeah. Which yeah, I mean, cl- I love classic Anakin yelling he's yeah. just like get the salvage crews out there and yeah. to anakin's credit he i mean his problem is that he's too attached to, to people but you know droids are just as much people to him as mm-hmm. as you know padme is and obi-wan is and so i do like that about him that it's you know he's overly attached to everything um yeah you know he's just and he's, he's, he's just like... got a lot of love in his heart that's Anakin's problem. <laughs> he's just he's just feeling too much. Yeah, and but even like, he's totally dropped any pretense of oh I haven't wiped my droid's memories, so we better go find him because if he gets into the wrong hands, right now he's just straight up like I love that droid. That droid's great. We're gonna go save him. Yeah, and I I've seen some great TikToks recently about Anakin that that make an interesting point that it may not. I was joking about how much love he has to give. 
in some ways you can see it as very much a part of Anakin's narcissism or his need to control things. So it's not even mm. just that he he loves these things; it's that he he has he like he, these are his people. They are his mm. girlfriend or wife, his droid, and it's his job to protect them. And so it's sort of an attack on his ego, an attack on his sense of self that any harm could come to them. Um, yeah, and he's also like we've seen him. It's not that he cares so much for life, right? We've seen him sac- willing to sacrifice 20 or 30 random nameless folks he doesn't know to save one person that he knows very well, right? It- it's like exactly what you were saying, a control thing. And like having this, yeah, making, making, because I-, I mean, it's probably because like his mom got taken away from him and he had no control over that. And now he's just like, reeling from it i assume or he's just anakin the chosen one i don't know yeah. but yeah he i don't know I, I i like that we got that moment i was saying um when they sent r2 off to go do this um it's oh, i think he was what, what was he doing he was like he was doing something to the ship that was about to hit this uh conference and it, the ship ends up blowing up yeah, but I I was like, oh, I wish they would have sent one of the other droids because like we know R 2s gonna make it out of there, okay. But the payoff was seeing Anakin mm-hmm. go nuts yell over for it. this. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is, and here's why I barely mentioned BZ. I I don't feel. Like, I mean, I think part of why the fact of like the two characters speaking was so highlighted is we got almost no characterization of those other droids. Yeah, like. I don't know anything about Easy Cute, not Easy Cutie, Cutie Katie, other than the <laughs> fact that she's the girl droid. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one thing that C4 was... is like the other one. And right. I only remember that because his name is an explosive. Yeah. And like, this was such a great time to, even if you didn't go all the way and have it be like the Appa episode, you can still had a lot of the, like, R2 is often very expressive. Chopper mm-hmm. in the Rebel show we're going to see later is incredibly expressive. And BB-8, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the fact that, like, I feel like R2 probably says the least in these episodes that he does in any episodes he's really... Yeah, think of the episode that was all about him and C-3PO. Like, Mm -hmm. it it seemed weird to me that they wanted to make this a droids episode, and then the only droid who really does anything is the one who speaks English. Yep. Yeah, and we do get, we get, like, a couple sassy R2 moments where, like, they're on the planet... Um, Gascon is ordering R2 not to just walk away from the ship and R2's like, beep, beep, I'm walking away and like flashes the little um, like encryption code mm-hmm. thing at him. It's like, if you want it, you better follow me. Um, and yeah, again, taking no guff from nobody. R2's going to do what he wants and get his mission done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like exactly. The, the rest of these droids were very forgettable. BZ has like a couple, like full-on sacrifices himself in this one in the first one he gets like knocked unconscious from being zapped from trying to like break into a a door that's electrocuted electrified um and they end up like taking his they're like oh take his body back we'll fix him up on the ship but yeah like there's no real emotional payoff to that and like i i really like droids i think they're super cute i really like that they don't, don't speak English. I don't like droids. I know. But I like I like that you can kind of like fill in your own dialogue in your head. Like mm-hmm. they have that open-ended, like in my mind, R2 is just cursing nonstop and it's delightful. Yeah. 
Um, but I think he says the yeah. word, I think he says the phrase "hold my beer" at least three times in the movie. Oh, okay, <laughs> definitely right. Like you can think that it's great. Um, and we could have had a lot of fun, like mechanical beeps and whistles, showing the characters of these different droids. But we just didn't. No. Didn't get that at all. Yeah, this is a sharp, sharp contrast to the last arc with the Jedi Padawans, mm-hmm. where I, I said, you know, I would, I would watch a spinoff where we get to see more of these Padawans because in just those four episodes, we got so much character development out and, of them. And there were some Padawans who weren't speaking English, right? Like we had a, a Wookiee, um, and there was another species that wasn't speaking english as well i forget who right but yeah like you can you can show that level of characterization without having dialogue yeah or understandable dialogue yeah well it is unfortunate but um proving something about the three of us i think um you know we said we wouldn't have much to talk about we've still made this episode (laughs) almost 50 minutes so hooray uh any other last things either one of you want to say before we wrap up cut out all the parts where i'm being dumb thank you i don't think there were any so you're fine there uh-oh. Um, well, thank you both, as always. Uh, really great to have you both in the conversation. Fans, what did you think? Maybe you loved this episode in ways we, we couldn't even imagine. Maybe you are so happy that you didn't have to watch them and you just heard <laughs> us talk about. And you know what? Not going to spoil anything, but we do have two absolute favorite characters coming back next episode. I think we're going to have a lot more fun with the next plot arc. So mm-hmm. please tune in for that. Write in. Let us so, know. I, I want to say, like, if you like these episodes, like, that's fine. Yeah. I think people have different tastes and you can like different things. I love to watch the movie National Treasure and I acknowledge that it's just <laughs> not a good movie. But if it's on TV, I have to watch it because it's just like kind of fun and I enjoy Nicolas Cage's like overacting. Yeah. So if you find reasons to like this, like you should go with that and you shouldn't just, you know, go along with our opinions on things. I, I I just wanted to say that. No, definitely. I said that at the beginning, but I really appreciate you reminding me now. And then I tell those folks, you know, please write in and let us know if, if you're so inclined. We won't argue with you. I would just love to hear it. Love to um, even read it on the episode last time, you know, just to let fans hear from other perspectives because, you know, we can all have different opinions on things. Um, so again, thank you both so much uh, to our fans. If you want to write in, uh, just search for The Ethical Panda on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, it's ethicalpanda77. But also, if you just search for the ethical panda, you should find us. Um, you can also write to us at theethicalpanda at gmail.com or just go to our website, theethicalpanda.com. And that's where you'll find all the information about all the different podcasts that I'm doing and, and how to connect to everything. On there, you'll also find information about our Patreon. Um, we do these episodes for free, uh, but there are costs involved in terms of the um, you know hosting fees and, and, and the work involved and all that. So if you can give back a little, it is a great help. You absolutely don't have to, but if you can, it is always appreciated. We have a few people already giving back. Um, And if you do so, you do get access to some great treats like ad-free episodes, uh, some goodies, even the chance to help design an episode uh, or or commission what you want us to talk about. So please check that all out. Also check out all the other great podcasts that are on the Stranded Panda Network. Thank you so much and have a great day. Kenobi. <coughs> there we go. I want I want someone to commission an episode where it's just like my comparative art history analysis oh. of the artwork of Clone Wars. I like Movie it. Movie review of National Treasure. I like it. I, I <laughs> yeah. think I'll commission that episode, so I think we're good yes. to go. Delightful. Delightful.